0: Kazma's a fighter. I've actually fought with him and lost. (laughs) (laughs) So I know how physically or? (laughs) No, no, no. No, I would win that.
1: Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus.
2: Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler.
1: Indiana's House Speaker being accused of intimidating a woman who says she had a sexual encounter with Speaker Bosma more than 20 years ago. It's an allegation that Bosma denies, but it's also an allegation that's now caused a lot of controversy at the State House. So what happens now this week Our Trevor Shirley caught up with Governor Eric Holcomb.
3: I don't think it would be fair of me uh, to comment on that story at this time, having not the benefit of an actual report just of the story.
2: Governor Eric Holcomb doing his best not to address the controversy surrounding House Speaker Brian Bosma.
3: Like I said, it wouldn't be fair for me to with the two parties not pursuing this, it wouldn't be fair for me to comment on stories from either of them. Those two
2: parties are Bosma and Candy Green, who told the Indianapolis Star that as a 20-year-old Democratic intern, she had a sexual encounter with Bosma in 1992. He's denied those allegations, but did spend more than $40,000 worth of campaign funds this year to hire an attorney to gather unflattering information about Green, according to the Star's reporting. Today, more than 60 Republican state state legislators announced their support of Bosma in a statement saying, in part, quote, having worked alongside the speaker, some of us for decades, we know him to be a man of integrity and we believe him. Bosma is currently spearheading the creation of the legislature's first ever sexual harassment policy, a task Holcomb still supports him overseeing.
3: No, I, I don't I don't worry. That's, that's a matter that's left up to the legislature.
2: The chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party has said Holcomb should launch an impartial investigation. In July, Holcomb called on Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill to resign over allegations of sexual misconduct. Today, the governor was quick to shoot down any correlation between Hill's situation and Bosma's. I
3: had a report in my hand that I reviewed. Not a story.
2: Green told the star she went on record after Bosma's attorneys began harassing and intimidating her. An aspect of the story Bosma's attorney denies, but that Holcomb agreed could be looked into.
3: Fair enough, and there is a process for that. It's It's not initiated by me.
2: Reporting in Indianapolis, I'm Trevor Shirley. All
1: right, Trevor, thanks. Speaker Bosma
2: was at Friday's
1: GOP fall dinner but did not speak with reporters. That event headlined by Vice President Mike Pence and part of a pretty interesting day on the campaign trail. In fact, the current VP and former VP were both in Indiana Friday weighing in on our contentious race for Senate. We have team coverage today, and we start with this report from our Gabby Gonzalez.
4: Vice President Mike Pence speaking here at the GOP dinner Friday night alongside Senate candidate Mike Braun. This homecoming for the Vice President with a very clear mission to rally voters to pull off a win for the Republicans in the midterms. The vice president laid out a list of Trump administration accomplishments and said they need Republican Mike Braun in the U.S. Senate to expand the party's majority. Braun is up against incumbent Democratic Senator Joe Donnelly. Pence acknowledged that historically midterm elections are tough for the party in the White House but urged the Hoosiers here to help them pull off that win.
5: And we need Indiana to deliver another historic victory on November the 6th when we re-elect this great Republican team and when we make Mike Braun the next Senator from the state of Indiana.
4: The VP also bringing up this week's confirmation of new Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Pence presided over that vote. He pointed to Donnelly's no vote as a reason why he wants a Republican to take his seat. Here's what Pence and Braun had to say about the importance of these midterms. When it came time
5: to confirm Justice Brett Kavanaugh just a short week ago, Joe Donnelly voted no. Mike Braun is going to go and, and put Indiana first, but he's going to stand for the agenda that the people of Indiana advance, which is a stronger America, a more prosperous America. I'm going to give it everything I've got, and it's going to be great to be part of something
6: I think is going to change America.
4: Reporting for In Focus in downtown Indianapolis, I'm Gabby Gonzalez.
6: I met Smith in Hammond, Indiana, where the former vice president was looking to show a contrast to what Republicans in Indianapolis heard from Vice President Mike Pence. The goal here to get voters out, this democratic base to the polls to vote. The message from both Vice President Biden and Senator Joe Donnelly. The
7: vice president asked me, "How's the crowd going to be? How's the crowd going to be?"
6: The attention tonight was not on Senator Joe Donnelly's opponent Mike Braun, but on Donnelly himself as the headliner former Vice President Joe Biden stood alongside him. With all due respect, you owe it, not only to the people of
1: Indiana, but to the people of Delaware, to this country, that you see to it that he's
6: reelected. Example matters. Pacers star Victor Oladipo surprised the crowd with his appearance and endorsement. Vote Donnelly. As Democrats campaign to keep a seat in a state President Trump won by nearly 20 points. This is the most important election you have ever voted in, no matter
1: how old or young you are. And that's a fact,
5: because our basic American values are under assault. Joe's values,
6: Indiana values, they're being assailed at every turn. The campaigning, of course, continued this weekend for Senator Donnelly and Democrats. They held events, get out the vote events in South Bend, as well as today in central Indiana. In Hammond, I'm Matt Smith. Dan, back to you.
1: All right, Matt, thanks. This past week, all three Senate candidates were on the debate stage for the first time. The big topic, Senator Donnelly's vote against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh.
7: Mike was for Judge Kavanaugh on the first day. If President Trump put up Bugs Bunny, Mike would have said he should go on the court. Our job is to protect the
0: court and to put people on who are qualified. The Democrats, including Joe Donnelly, will do or say anything when it comes to their political interests. It is a blood sport, and as long as it's like that, you're going to have decisions made based not on what Hoosiers want, based upon what Chuck Schumer wants
4: just because we're women doesn't mean that we are automatically telling the truth what i'm seeing here is a lot of partisanship i've had my me too moments but when i looked at this through the lens of logic I asked myself, would Judge Kavanaugh be the type of judge that would uphold the Constitution?
8: In seconds, Mr. Braun, would you commit to carrying out the will of the people? All three
1: candidates will debate again on October 30th. Coming up next, much more on our top story, Indiana's House Speaker under scrutiny. We'll talk with our panel and the reporter who broke that story coming up after the break. Now back to that Indy Star report on House Speaker Brian Bosma. This week, our Matt Smith spoke with Tony Cook, one
6: of the Indy Star reporters who first broke the news on Wednesday. I'm sure, as you know, there have been whispers around the state house and around Indianapolis uh, regarding stories like this. What was the process like in terms of investigating, especially when we sit here in the middle of this Me Too movement?
8: Yeah, I mean, these kinds of uh, situations are always uh, difficult to pin down. Um, oftentimes, they devolve into sort of a he said, she said. Uh, we did our best to cooperate to the extent that we could. This woman's story. Um, one lawmaker said that she overheard the uh, former intern at the time in 1992 discussing uh, the sexual encounter, and we felt that that you know added some credibility to her story but there's other people who uh, were allegedly involved in deciding how to handle it and they say they don't remember being involved with that at all and so you know these are very difficult stories to pin down but I think you know in this Me Too era it's important that we take these stories seriously that we try to seek out the uh, best possible uh, answers that we can And, you know, when there's a public interest, as we felt there was in this case in reporting out a story, you know, that's something we need to do. All right, our thanks
1: to Indy Star reporter Tony Cook. I'm joined now by our panel. Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016. Two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike Murphy, okay. and Jamar Cobden are the executive director of CLOCK. I know you'll be talking more about that later. But first on this uh, Bosma story. Tony, I want to start with you. You've worked for Speaker Bosma in, in the past. How damaging is is this story?
7: Well, you've got to look at everything that's been happening, especially over the last couple of months with uh, Justice now, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, the abuse that he took and that his family took. So will that have an effect on voters here in Indiana? I think so. I think there's a backlash against Democrats because of that. So in that respect, it might not be as damaging to Speaker Bosma. Of course, he denies everything. Uh, The accuser uh, um, says uh, that it was consensual. That's what she said. Um, And and then there's the, the whole part of uh... what's happening in the next thirty days so i think that the bosma folks and the, the house republicans are taking this seriously coming out with that letter but also um, i think his campaign is going to gear up just in case he you know, is right? up
1: for reelection yeah. how, how much though is this story not even a- as much about what happened in in nineteen ninety two as it is about what what's happened in the past year uh... with his em- employment of an attorney and, and, and what the star uncovered there
9: well it's often been said it's not the crime that gets you it's the cover-up and I think, you know, many, most people around the State House have heard this story for years and years and years. But what's bubbled it up to the, to the surface was not the victim telling her story. It was the victim saying, hey, I'm being harassed. Stay out of my personal business don't blackmail me, you know, back off. And it was about what's happening now in 2018, not about the original incident, which she did claim to be consensual. However, she said, I definitely felt pressured. I was an intern, he was a lawmaker.
1: You've both served with Speaker Bosma in the legislature and Tony mentioned the letter that a lot of state lawmakers wrote this week defending Speaker Bosma. What do you think the reaction will be in the halls of the state house? You heard Governor Holcomb earlier saying, he doesn't know enough if there's enough there to for him to get involved
0: well there's so many interest in the halls of the state house you kinda of have to divide it out first of all is is christina said this story has reached the uh, proportion of state house legend over the past 25 years there's, there's nobody in the state about house this totally oh my gosh not since that. well since i've got there in nineteen ninety four it's been a legend in the state house everybody talks about it okay that doesn't mean it's true but i'm just telling you everybody talks about it um... as far as the uh... the support of the uh... The House Republicans, um, 60 members, I think it is, or something like that, that's pretty much natural. I mean, they've, they've worked with the Speaker. They know him. Um, they obviously believe him. He also gives them their committee assignments and their chairmanships and everything else. So there's a, there's a little bit of caution on their part. I think what you have to do is you have to realize that every case is different. You can't compare this to Curtis Hill, and with all due respect, Tony, in some ways you cannot comp- compare it to, to Kavanaugh. Every case has a different set of facts. And you need to look into those facts, and as best you can. And I don't know if any of this is true, but I'm just telling you, it's it, you have to you've, you can't you have to isolate it. You can't just lump it in with a lot of stuff going on.
1: And obviously, he is up for re-election. You guys were debating before we went on the air whether or not you think he, he may be vulnerable or not in this uh, this election cycle.
0: It, I've got two words
10: for you, Punam Gill. That's his uh, opponent. That's his opponent in District 88. Running for uh, a Democrat in, in House District 88. She's been working hard over the course of the past year knocking on doors. And uh, she's a moderate Democrat. She's level-headed. But here's the other thing. Brian Bosman has been in that office for 30 years and apparently has a statehouse legend that's lasted almost 30 years of uh, some sort of uh, 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 poor decisions around uh, his sexual acts. So if that's the kind of person that we're continuing to put back in the state house, our voters need to think again and think about their other choices.
0: But for, that, was a great, that was a great commercial for your friend, Poonam. But second of all, uh, despite the fact that, as I said, it has been a Statehouse legend forever, it's not a proven Statehouse legend, right? There's all kinds of stories around the Statehouse. Second of all, with all, she may be the best candidate in the world, but she is running against the Speaker of the House in a district that is tilted towards a fairly line. Uh, I mean, district. he wouldn't give himself a bad district. He's it's not partly stupid. in Marion County and it, it juts out into Hancock into, yeah, County yeah. as well. And uh, he's going to win this race and he will probably survive what. The current mess is. But Mike, what, why now? So
10: they started investigating this this year after 20, 30 years. I can tell I, I, I think yeah, you know, Brian Bosman's a little bit of heat. And that's, that's, that's where this is coming from. Well,
7: well, let me, let me take, take a stab at that. Um, this, like we've all said and, and uh, have heard, has been a story out there in the State House for a uh, couple of decades. This came up when I was on staff in 2003, and the Democrats in the House were bringing this up. I think it was pre election, uh, just like it is now. And trying to get the star or whoever to bite. And, and this was something that Brian confronted head on with his wife, Cheryl, back then and ever since, ever, ever since it's bubbled up. But this is coming up now from the star because the, the Democrats have gone after it again as a political attack. Whether it's true or not, I, I don't think it is. But uh, the reason that it hasn't come out is that there hasn't been anything, any corroboration. Over all of these years, and they're still not. Well, Christine, I'll give you the final okay, yeah. word. And then Thank move you.
9: On. Let's be clear: sexual harassment has been a problem in our Indiana State House on both sides of the aisle. Both parties have had bad actors doing bad things. And right now, Speaker Bosma is the person in charge of setting out and redefining that policy for here on. So what is happening now is critical. I don't know why this finally bubbled up and came up. I think a lot had to do with the fact that they're out there harassing a potential victim. But I do think that what's most important is that we have transparency and we treat all parties involved with respect. And
0: I know you've heard let me, let me in have the thing, about some of the current dynamics at play. Uh, I want to well. say, like, and I think Christina would agree with me on this, 99% of the legislators in both parties, both, both chambers that I've known over the past many decades, are good people there to, trying to do good things. There's maybe 1%, if that, of people who are bad actors And um, they tend to create news stories from time to time, frankly. I don't know. You never know what's true or not, but they're stories. Certainly
1: a story we will continue to follow more on our podcast as well. Right now, though, we also want to talk about the race for Senate. All three general election candidates on the debate stage for the first time this past week. And obviously a lot of the focus on Senator Donnelly and his vote against new Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. What did you guys think of the debate Monday night? Uh, who, Who came out ahead? Jamar, I'll start with you.
10: You know, it's the polls say Senator Donnelly's ahead, uh, Senator Donnelly handled himself well, and we believe that Democrats are, are behind him, uh, and
7: Senator Donnelly's continuing to do his job. What about
1: the Kavanaugh question, Tony, and how that uh, made news in this
7: debate? Sure. Um, I, I think it hurts Donnelly. I mean, when he v- voted for Gorsuch, and he keeps going back to that, that was uh, already uh, a given that, that Gorsuch's uh, nomination was going to pass. That's why he voted for Gorsuch. He has hurt himself severely by... Uh, voting against Kavanaugh and in the way that he did it, dragging it out to the very end and then making the mistake of uh, declaring where he was going to be before there was the FBI investigation. It showed his true colors, I think, and I think bronze in good
8: shape. I think
9: there are a couple presumptions baked in there that aren't quite true. That was not Senator Donnelly's stated reason for supporting Gorsuch. He did his, Judge Gorsuch, he did his homework. He took that decision um, with great weight. And he took his time, he talked with the man, and he voted his conscience, and I think this really demonstrates that he will do what is right, and he took a lot of heat within his own party for making that decision, and then he stepped up and and, um, made a different decision in the Kavanaugh case. You
1: also had the current vice president and the former vice president, both right here in Indiana uh, on Friday, uh, weighing in on this race for Senate. Do those kind of stops from big-name surrogates? Do you think they matter in 2018?
0: Absolutely. Um, They're good for grassroots energy. They probably produce a few more dollars. Um, I know tomorrow uh, George W. is coming in for Braun in Hamilton County. So it just shows that... Much like the 2016 presidential primary, all eyes are on Indiana, as they haven't been since maybe 2016, before that 2008 with the presidential primary.
9: It's crazy. We we never really expected that, and there it is.
0: Center of attention, talking
1: about the vice president. Also this week, Vice President Pence featured in a new ad slamming Senator Joe Donnelly. Take a look.
5: Trump and I have been delivering results for the people of Indiana every day. But Hoosiers deserve to know. It's no thanks to Senator Joe Donnelly. When it came time to cut your taxes, Joe voted no. Repeal and replace Obamacare, Joe voted no. Even when the time came to confirm Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Joe voted no.
1: All right, your reaction to that ad. You, you often see Indiana politicians, we're known as being a little more polite. You don't see them going after each other that directly, right?
10: Yeah, but all the things that Joe voted no for are things that uh, Democrats would want him to vote no on. So uh, repealing and replace Obamacare, there are, uh, we've heard the stories, thousands who have benefited from that policy, and uh, Democrats want to support Joe Donnelly voting no on repealing and replacing that. Same thing with putting a uh, accused um, a sexual assailant in uh, the highest court in the United States. Joe
0: Donnelly is voting the
10: right way. Is the ad effective
1: quick reaction?
0: Well no, it's a, it's an ad to hold the base is really what it is. I agree with the Jamar, except I will remind you that anybody can be accused of anything, including you and me. So um, you make it of it? including, including at, me too. Including, yeah. Well not you, nobody ever accused uh-huh. you of anything. <laughs> <laughs> what we did learn from, from the Kavanaugh hearing was
7: that once again you, you have to look at for due process for a fair justice system. And I think uh, Curtis Hill, we've mentioned him earlier, he deserves that as well.
1: Well, we've mentioned that on our podcast. Obviously you've uh, been defending the attorney general. Much more to come on our podcast this week. Stick around the panels back with this week's winners and losers. Also honoring a former Indianapolis mayor and senator that's coming up right after this.
7: I love this great city. I love the
3: people who are a part of the history and the present of this great city.
1: This plaza outside the City County building downtown now now bears the name of former mayor and former Indiana senator Richard Luger. This past week mayor Joe Hogsett opened the Richard G Luger Plaza. The new space can hold nearly 1500 people for events and programs. Designers say it's user friendly and celebrates the former mayor and senator's many contributions. We'll be right back to wrap things up after this.
10: All right, time for this week's Winners and Losers. Jamar, I'll start with you. So I, I, the winners f- for us this week are those who attended Cluck 2018
0: and supported the next generation of political hopefuls. The organization
1: you're a
10: part of this weekend. Mike?
0: Two winners. Uh, former Senator Dick Luger. You could name this entire city Lugerville and it would be well-deserved. And my good friend Jim Adderholt, Mike Pence's former chief of staff, just got named to the Fort Myers Beach Planning Council. I think he's overqualified. Wow. All right, Christina. <laughs>
9: Didn't know that. Um, thank you for those, those words about um, Senator Luger. Very deserved. Um, Kanye West. Wow. Change your password, buddy. Wow. Um, yeah, that zero, was zero, quite, zero. that was quite an interesting, um, sort of crazy. You said as thing. a winner? Oh, Kanye? Uh, no, no I was picking Kanye <laughs> yeah. as a
7: winner. I'll tell you why. Um, it, everybody uh, from the left focuses on, on style. Kanye has his own style. It appeals to a lot of people. He's very popular. He's a billionaire. He's very successful, but what he did was very brave standing up and sharing how he really feels. And taking all the heat from the left and, the, and Hollywood and all of those folks, it's very brave of Kanye West, and he's my winner for We'll the talk more about it on our podcast this week
1: for sure. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday
7: in Focus.
1: All right, let's talk more this week because there's there's so much happening this week at the State House, nationally, internationally. And we just couldn't fit it all in this week, so more bonus content here on the podcast. We left it off at the end of the show. Tony, you were talking about Kanye. Kind of a surreal moment at the White House. You saw Vice President Pence even this week tweeting pictures of himself and, and Kanye West there. You named him a winner this week. Yeah. Christina, Luzer. Jamar.
9: Well, do you, do you thinking, want
1: me to start or
10: continue? Or, uh, you, you picked him a winner, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think Jamar's
9: got a joke ready to go. It's yeah. not a joke. It's oh.
10: actually very serious and it's about mental health and people of color. So number one, some of the policy th- uh, recommendations that uh, that he had were interesting, and I think they were actually good for people of color um, and also for middle America. I picked those two things out. But uh, I, I had some close family friends. Family members and some friends who battled with um, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And Kanye actually sounded like, during that press conference, uh, like some of those friends and family members while they were having uh, episodes of sickness. So, um, you know, with all due respect to those who are battling with mental health issues, um, I think that in combination with just how this came off, uh, Kanye should stay out of the Oval Office. That's
7: absolutely unfair. Um, uh, not the, you don't know how he's been diagnosed. Nobody from CNN that was attacking him along the same way so he knows how he's been diagnosed. Yeah, and, and, he, he and if he's, he's willing diagnosis. to admit it, uh, whatever his conditions are, he still has every right to go out and make his case. He's been doing it for years. He does it in his own style, in his own way. It's very appealing to millions of, of folks, his fans. He's very successful. He's a billionaire. He has every right to. It's unfair completely that the left has piled on, especially with that type of attack.
1: Some thoughts on Kanye? Christina?
9: I, you know, hopefully we have something more important to talk about than Kanye's ten minutes exactly. in the White
1: House. No, that's well, that's exactly the thing. Right. This yeah. story got a lot of attention. We but talked
9: about this. We haven't talked about Nikki Haley. We haven't talked it, about the, the hurricane. On
0: him and i I'm Switzerland on this. I purposely decided <laughs> to stay out, out of it. I couldn't win. Are you either side? I just do, do know that Kid Rock walked into the White Kid House. Kid Rock on was Friday. there as well. I, right. You know,
9: I think we need a little less fame and a little more but, policy. But Obama and and the White House Democrats also, right?
7: did it all the time with Jay Z and Beyonce, and on and on. You mentioned we should be focusing
1: on something else. Should the White House have been focusing on something else the day after Hurricane Michael struck in Florida?
0: Well, I mean, I think that the the federal government's actually done a pretty good job, and so is the state of Florida in and, and kind of responding to that hurricane. It hasn't been. But do you underestimate
1: holding that event in the well, every out, in the Oval Office.
0: Every every president is, is, as Tony said, every president runs, uh, you know, celebrities of you know questionable uh, political or policy value, and I mean, it's kind of cool for them to be around around. Uh, celebrities and they have the right to invite them and they have the right to show up. I think it's that simple. And the
7: president is heading down to Florida. I'm not sure which day, but he'll be this there. This every coming week. Very yep, soon. that's right. And uh, you know, FEMA's on the job and, and um, I think doing a great job and they were prepared. The governor, Rick Scott down there, was making sure everybody was prepared.
1: All right, let's talk about Indiana. We are the center of the political universe this week. You had the current vice president and the former vice president here on Friday. You guys were saying you don't think that kind of a visit from a big name surrogate really makes that big of a difference. But uh... but no doubt this is a race that has a lot of attention uh... not just here in the hoosier state but across the country
9: yeah and we've been talking about this for weeks it's all going to come down to getting the vote out on election day and this does fluff up the base people get excited you know it just infuses enthusiasm and people remember that it's important they remember what's at stake and they have some of their superheroes flying in to say hey Um, get out there, get out there and vote. Um,
10: DNC Vice Chair Michael Blake was here last Friday, and uh, you wouldn't believe some of the messages I've gotten since then from people I don't even know, just saying that they're so excited, so energized now from having somebody from the outside come in, uh, to one, share their enthusiasm, but two, uh, be able to reflect what we're doing in Indiana that's right and uh, can help us turn the tables and win yeah
9: last week i had uh, congresswoman jayapal in my home and we had a great turnout from washington from from washington state State. very empowered um powerful woman who's going to be there for a long time just you know she was there for liz watson and everyone just got really um, a lot out of her interesting and insightful commentary we'll
1: likely hear i'm sure from president trump before uh, now on election day Uh, he has not been here in the hoosier state Lately. In Evansville
0: a month or so ago? About a month ago, yeah. 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 There's plenty of surrogates around. I'm a frugal South Cider, of course, and I chose. (laughs) The $100 fundraiser for Mike Braun at Beth Boyce's house, which Tom Coburn was at—a great former uh, senator that's of Oklahoma—was right. well, was was a co-sponsor. Just here. That yeah. as well. were co yeah. as well. Yeah, I couldn't make Instead it of the $2,700 fundraiser tomorrow night that George W. is going to be at, I, I chose the $100 one. I think I was a good choice.
1: Who are the most <laughs> effective surrogates in the state of Indiana? You've got a you know a wide mix of candidates coming here and some that aren't coming here.
9: Well, interesting about Joe Biden is his tie to Northwest Indiana, his very personal tie. Beau Biden, his son, before he got ill, had a home in Long Beach, Indiana, my hometown. So they would be there every summer. And I think he cares. I think he's built a lot of connection here. He certainly is all in for Joe Donnelly. And um, it's interesting that they chose Hammond for their rally, too. The um, the infamous site of the shot between then-candidate Hillary Clinton in 2008 and Mayor Tom McDermott. Um, uh-huh. The shot heard around the world made People Magazine. and. Uh,
1: I thought you were going to talk about the trains there, because we know oh. former Vice President Joe Biden's a big fan of the, uh, the Amtrak system. Mm-hmm. I know you think President Trump is probably near the top of that list yeah, in terms nothing, of
7: It's uh, uh, the president coming into Indiana, um, but I do know that Don Jr. is going to be here, uh, I can't remember the date, but coming up I think next week for both Mike Braun and Greg Pence. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a top surrogate as well.
0: Um, is really it a really comes down yeah. to who's hot and who's season? not. Right. Right. And so it's it's fundraising ability. It's who's in the news cycle recently, right? And then it's you know you call the RNC and say, can we get somebody out here? And they've got a list of people who are available. And they they it's who's next? Who's up next? Right? Mm-hmm. Other than the president, obviously who's separate. But um, I'm surprised that uh, maybe Nikki Haley, with her recent resignation, was focused on that. But she would be, she would be. Um, I gotta be careful how I say this but she would be a outstanding surrogate. You can't say. Well, hot, and that's, that,
1: that's a story that, you know, terrible.
0: obviously...
9: <laughs> stick with outstanding. Right, right. Yeah, stick with outstanding. Without
0: standing. That <laughs> is good. That's a
1: story that also was a very big story in the middle of this week as well, Nikki Haley's uh, Very departure. odd time. Just in terms of, obviously, someone who has a... Uh, uh, a bright political future ahead, and a lot of people wondering. She said it right in the Oval Office I am not running. Well, and she in also 2020. said
7: I'll be campaigning in 2020 for this one. Right. Pointing to. Uh, you're pointing to president Christina Hale. Yeah. When you're referring <laughs> to Donald Trump. <laughs> well, that'd be nice for you. Hey, I mean, hey, yeah. I <laughs> but
9: love, she was
7: pointing to. Uh,
9: I love amazing uh, women.
7: To the president, and uh, yeah, and she's finishing out. The year, so I don't think she'll be out. Which
0: puts to rest some of the speculation. The Mike D'Antonio book about Pence. He talks about Pence trying to hire. I don't know if the allegation is true or not, but he says that Pence tried to hire Nikki Haley's foreign policy expert, and Trump stopped it because he was afraid of a Haley Pence Pence alliance. And I don't know if that was ever even under consideration, but I think she put that to rest with this Uh, statement.
1: You've also heard out there, completely. Founded it's speculation that if the president wanted to make any change on his ticket in 2020, that she'd be an awfully uh, attractive running mate if he were to decide to change anything. I,
9: like. I want to place a bet right here with, with some of my Republican colleagues. Uh, he absolutely will. If he's on the ticket, there is no way in the world he could resist the drama of a big reveal of a new VP you and, no, and cannot bring up this resist it. I, it completely will happen. unfounded speculation. And we I think are we in the just need to decide. Indiana. Yeah, but put our money down on who it will he be. He did say
0: the president did hey, say you, know, you, you know, can I've come been, back in any role you want. I've been very critical, probably Your more choice. critical than anybody here, of Donald Trump. But I would be absolutely—he would be off his rocker to get rid of Mike Pence. Mike Pence has been outstanding and he's loyal. He's been and really
1: delivered. He's delivered everything.
0: everything. He's been asked you're to deliver. absolutely
7: right, and and I don't know. But but then again, the president is unpredictable. He does things differently. I don't think he would be getting rid of Mike Pence. I, don't, I didn't plan on even thinking about this. But I think you could sh- see some shifting he, of roles. Give him sure. a nice
9: booby prize. Don't get me. Wrong. Maureen
0: Grappi on Friday was reporting that Alex Azar. From Indianapolis is being considered be the as the attorney next attorney general. general. I didn't even know Alex was a um, an attorney, but apparently he is. We um, continue to be the focus thinker. of uh, yeah, national very, politics yeah. in the state of
1: Indiana. Let's also talk about the the top story that we we mentioned at the top of the broadcast this past week. Speaker Brian Bosma. Um, what, what do you think we'll see next on this uh, on this story?
10: Well, it's not going away, um, and that's kind of like the, the Curtis Hill story is, is fizzled out, even though um, there's still uh, issues going on with that in the background. I think this is going to be at the top of the headlines for the next four weeks through Election Day, um, and we'll see what happens. Mike?
0: Bosman's a fighter. I've actually fought with him and lost. <laughs> <laughs> so or I know how physically or no, no no, no, no. I would win that. But no, <laughs> no, I'm talking about. Politi- #hashtag
9: ego. <laughs> I'm talking
0: about Political fights. Politically, um, he's good. He is smart. He's a good fighter. He's a good strategist, and he is not gonna. He's not gonna walk away this tail between the legs. He's gonna fight back. I don't know what form that will take. But um, I don't see him going away. I don't see him resigning. I see somebody at some point saying it's up to the voters to decide whether they want to keep him or not.
9: But how awkward and inconsistent is it to have one reaction for Curtis Hill, a different reaction for Judge Kavanaugh, and maybe a third reaction for Speaker Bosma, all within the Republican Party? And it's just so inconsistent. You know, where is the true north in terms of the ethos? the morality, you know, how we treat um, victims and, and the those that have um, had these sorts of incidents in their own lives because it happens, and the numbers don't lie. We know that we have a tremendous problem with sexual assault in Indiana. It's indisputable and across, the country. across yeah. the country, certainly here. We're the second worst in the nation when it comes to girls of high school age. Um, that's shameful. It's happening. We should treat it with... Um, the, the seriousness and gravitas that it deserves, and and all of this is woven into a broader problem, which um, I think matters to everyone, no matter what your political party is. But sadly, it's punctuated by these these empowered men.
0: I think every man, every woman, no matter what their age is, has a right to come into the state house, take a job, whether it's an internship or a staff job. And, and have a productive and enjoyable and beneficial time without worry of, of harassment of any kind. And um, unfortunately, you know, we're all humans and that's not the way, the way it goes all the time. And any policies we can put in place any reporting ability for employees to report things that we can put in place is, is what well, obviously for the, the State legislature is
1: working on. A, a and we'll see what they come harassment. up with. Yeah. Um, I don't
0: know.
7: I might just, I agree with everything both Christina and Mike just said. And as the father of a, a young preteen, I am glad there's a Me Too movement because I worry about what she and, and other daughters and, and uh, young people, boys and girls, um, are gonna go through as they grow up, but I, I do wanna say that this has been politicized too much on the national level and here in Indiana, and then you also have you know, political agendas at play, and that's what came into the Curtis Hill situation, um, and that's why you have a difference in how Republicans have treated that versus this versus Kavanaugh. You've got different political agendas some folks going after Curtis, seeing this is a way to take him out, and that gets in the way. Uh, luckily, there is a uh, special prosecutor investigating, and that might uh, come out here in the next Which week again, or as so, we and then that will heat up again. A
1: couple weeks ago, uh, you, you, you've been defending the attorney general. You were there the, the night this happened. Uh, we talked a little bit about that on a previous episode. The governor uh, kind of made the comparison to Curtis Hill, saying, I had a report I could look at, in that particular instance, uh, with this case, with Brian Bosma saying he only has an Indie Star article to refer to at this point, according to the governor.
10: So, at at the baseline for any of these accusations, um, I do agree that uh, that there does need to be an investigation. and We need to get to the bottom of of, of the facts. Um, but the Me Too movement doesn't matter if there are no consequences. Um, so, with um, anyone who's accused, yes, we need to go through uh, a due process and make sure that we get to the bottom of it, but um, we also have to stop this from happening in the first place so that people in power know that they can't take advantage of other people. All right. And
9: I, I talk about the politicization of, of rape and assault and. Unintended negative consequences for young girls in this week's IBJ, right. and I also have to call out um, Senator Jim Merritt, who helped me get past the Lifeline Law. It broadened the Lifeline Law to say if there is an assault at a party of underage drinkers, very similar to the Kavanaugh case, that all of the underage people there will be indemnified from the alcohol offenses. I mean, you still might get in trouble for mom or dad or something, but you can't no criminal liability. If somebody reports their assault Why don't these assaults get reported Because nobody wants to rat out their friends For underage drinking We know this happens I'd like to see the very few people That haven't been to these kinds of parties And you know what The General Assembly parties like this too This is where assaults happen When people are drinking late at night And um, people's memories get fuzzy It's, it's, It's a nuanced great line and we have to treat people well so
0: Jim Merritt's behavior and leadership has been outstanding I would say it's almost mayoral oh perhaps a segue to another (laughs) to another episode but not quite Uh, (laughs) so
1: many many layers to all these uh, stories thank you all for taking the time to talk with us this week we'll of course have much more coming up less than four weeks till the midterm elections now we'll see you next week and thanks for joining us here on in focus